So since uh, I tend to, to pivot and swerve a lot with this podcast, where I'm like, all right, whatever we were talking about last week, that could lead into next week, whatever. So I'll tell you what I had planned for this week, but it's all set, so we don't have to do it this week. We can do it next week or whatever. Since uh, it's getting cold here, and we just had a whack of snow earlier in the week and a ton today, and you were having problems with the uh, heater at home and the coldness, so I thought maybe in, in just to be interesting about cold is I found this little mini documentary about this city in Russia where, you know, on a bad day here, you know, if we hit minus 20, minus 25 Celsius, it's pretty fucking bad. They hit minus 50. So when you watch that, you feel good about yourself. You feel real warm. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was yeah. thinking is maybe it would help us just, uh, you know, be appreciative that at least we don't live there because it is pretty wild. It's like so cold. So there's that. So that was my plan for this week. Just more of a general topic. Watch for this weird little documentary about everyone freezing to death. But since I was like I say, I just kind of pivot and go with the way the wind is blowing. Uh, since you said you just saw The Office on TV randomly, was that last night or just it was very recent? A couple of days ago, early in the morning. So I just did some stealth piracy where I grabbed an episode of the American Office and the UK Office. So instead, we could also save the freezing documentary for next week and just watch the office when it's really freezing right (laughs) (laughs) yeah because this one i mean we got snow everywhere but it's it's only like it's not freezing i mean it's just at it's just at zero yeah it's almost annoying where it looks like a winter wonderland and i got all bundled up and then i had to take off half of my layers because it's it's only like minus one outside, which is like nothing. Yeah, no, you need, need to watch that kind of stuff when you're feeling cold, really cold, and then you want to feel warm. And yeah, we've kind of been dancing around the office here and there. I don't know how often it's come up in the podcast. I know we, I've talked about it, but I've cut it out before when I'm editing because I know someday we're going to watch the office. But because we've been watching these British and American remakes of each other's shows, And I've brought up The Office as one of the few times it worked, that the American one is actually good. Uh, But yeah, like I said, I don't know how much that actually made it into the show, but it's it's something we've talked about before. Who who did it first, the Brits or the the Americans? Yeah, the British one came out first, first. and that's the one you saw on TV. So uh, yeah, I thought maybe we could watch. I just grabbed an episode, not from season one of The American Office, because I felt like it, it wasn't at its stride yet. So I just grabbed an episode from season two. And I grabbed my favorite episode of the British Office, which is episode four. Uh, So do you want to do that? Want to do the office? Sure. So my prediction is, since you've seen the UK office and liked it, because obviously it's it's amazing, (laughs) it's super great. I, I feel like the American one, even though it is good, it takes some getting used to its its style. So I have a feeling just watching one episode, you're probably not going to really dig it. You know, it's going to be clearly inferior to the British one. But who knows? Maybe we'll see. And again, I, I didn't, I don't know which episode I picked. I just grabbed one. So so we'll see how it goes. Well, and it's on regularly. The American one is on, yeah. on TV, on reruns regularly, whereas that British one is not. Yeah, so if you ever yeah want to dive deeper into the American one, it's not hard. But uh, so the basics, I didn't do a ton of research because I just did this today. I just grabbed these. But I, I know a fair amount about this shit just because I was always a fan of Ricky Gervais. So yeah, you were asking where you've seen that guy. And it, I think the only thing I could think of off the top of my head, but it is those Carl Pilkington and Idiot Abroad shows where the two guys at the start, Ricky and Steve, they are the two guys that wrote The Office. And then they got famous from The Office and they later met Carl Pilkington because they were doing a radio show and he was just the guy who ran the radio station and they just thought he was hilarious. I think I've seen that guy in other British stuff though. Oh, he's all over the place. I'm just saying yeah. that's where you would have seen him but yeah, he's very famous. Yeah. He's like, he does stand-up. He's uh, been in a bunch of other shows. 
Some of them are, are really good, like extras. Some of them are god-awful. He did this show called Derek, where it's like pretentiousness and fame finally got to his head, where he plays a sort of sweetly retarded man. <laughs> this is as bad as it sounds. It's fucking terrible. Yes, I couldn't be heard for him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's really awful. I don't know what he was thinking about that show. But, uh, but in general, though, he's a really talented, cool guy. So the basic story of The Office, though, is he's been in showbiz forever. In the 80s, he was in a unpopular 80s dance group or whatever, like pop, sort of like Wham. They were called Shauna Dancing. And it's, it's weird to see because he was young and thin and pretty, <laughs> you know? And they had like a, it's like a top 15 hit in Portugal or some shit, one of those bands. So then he fell out of showbiz, you know, he's just had a normal job, which I think is where a lot of the inspiration for The Office came from. But he always had like one foot still in show business. And him and Stephen Merchant, who Stephen Merchant is just like a really tall guy who's also become kind of famous. You probably recognize him too, if you saw him. But uh, they wrote The Office, they pitched it to be a British TV show. And because it was so cheap, you know, it's like it's just a fake documentary style show about an office. They managed to get it through. And uh, in keeping with, like, British tradition, it's two seasons, six episodes each, like Faulty Towers, like so few episodes, and then two specials. So there's only 14 episodes ever. And that was in 2001. Became a huge phenomenon. One of the most exported shows. There's so many remakes. Like I was saying, uh, there's a French one and a Quebecois one. That's how many there are. And there's all these different countries. So then a few years later, they made this American one. And I just thought, even though I don't have the, a ton of these details... It's very telling just looking at the basic details. So like I said, 14 episodes of the British one, 201 episodes of the American one. We just don't know when to stop. (laughs) (laughs) They really didn't in this case, too, because um, the main guy, Steve Carell, is the boss in the American one. Very different vibe, not as good as Ricky Gervais, but, but funny in his own way. He eventually left. He became too famous. He started being in movies. So, you know, wrap it up, right? But they didn't. They kept going for at least another year, maybe two years, I'm not sure, with different other bosses. And it's just like, Jesus Christ, guys, come on, man. <laughs> it's over. <laughs> Let it be over. And the other thing I thought was very telling. So in the American wiki page for the American office, it's listed as a mockumentary and a workplace comedy. But on the British one, it's listed as sitcom, mockumentary, cringe comedy. <laughs> Which I think is the perfect description because yeah. you're just like, oh, why are they saying, why is he doing that? Why is he saying that? Like, that's so embarrassing. Yeah, I agree. You definitely have, like, secondhand embarrassment. Like, that's the weird thing is that even though I, I really respect the British office, I do think it's a better show. It's much harder to watch much than the American one. Yeah. Yeah, like the American yeah. one, you can just sit down and watch it and have some laughs. Where the, uh, the British one, last time I tried to watch it, I watched season one and I didn't finish season two because I'm just like, I just hate this in some ways. <laughs> you know? It's so good, but I hate it. So yeah, I figured we'll watch the uh, American one first and then finish off with the British one. Okay. And I got the episode earlier when you mentioned that you had seen The Office. I was trying to explain to you this joke from this episode of the UK Office that's my favorite joke in all the series and I just was butchering it and I couldn't do it. So I got that episode so we can watch it and... It'll make sense this time. But all right, American Office First, Season 2, Episode 2 is the random episode that I grabbed. And then for the British Office, it's Season 1, Episode 4. Even you'll hear right away the theme song of the uh, American one is so upbeat, where it's kind of like this, I think it's like a 
Rod Stewart song in the British one, but it's a little more downbeat and everything's gray and, you know, whatever, where the American one is like, dee dee dee, let's go to work. That's it. Going back to those, I was like kind of impressed with the American one because I haven't seen it in so long where I'm like, oh, it is actually kind of low key and it does kind of have that feeling of the British one. Then when we watch the British one, it's like, oh man, yeah, the British one is way better. Yeah. And all I can say after I watched the American one, I could probably work in that office. I wouldn't like it, but I would work in that office. I could not work in that British office. <laughs> yeah. Well, I forgot that this I one ended. I have to tell everybody to go fuck off. <laughs> yeah, it's so perfect. I forgot that this one ended with, yeah, with Tim just being like, I can't anymore. I'm quitting. <laughs> See you later. Fuck this. <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah, like I was, uh, like I was saying when we were watching the American one, that compared to the British one, it's, you know, it's kind of spruced up, has a happier theme song. It's a more fun environment. But compared to american sitcoms it's really weird because it's still really low-key very that boss is obnoxious but he's not as obnoxious as that gervais guy oh my god like nobody can say anything without him interjecting and having his say and taking over everything i couldn't work for a man like that i'd either quit or i'd have to shoot him (laughs) and he does this little look to the camera this little self-satisfied he kind of like I don't know, this weird little grin that he does. (laughs) And it's, he's a real narcissist, that guy. It's Everything is about him. Oh, God, I couldn't work for that. (laughs) Yeah, and I was saying, too, how, uh, because that was, like, the thing that catapulted him to fame. And it was kind of neat to watch Ricky Gervais become more famous. And it was kind of like a a relief to realize that he's just playing that character, you know, because when you only know him as David Brent and he's so good at it and just every scene, he like he knows every little thing that a guy like that would do, every little way to step on someone else's toes or to make it about himself or to just be annoying. And then the real Ricky Gervais is like, you know, it's a pretty cool guy. (laughs) So, So that was nice. That was a nice surprise. The uh, the British show had a lot more going on in it, too. There was a lot of uh, hidden stuff, innuendo stuff that was, uh, you obviously knew you were going to pick it up later on. The American show had it, but not to the same depth. Yeah, I think what the American one does instead is it has way more characters. Like, there's all these people in the British one that are technically there. There's like 12 or 13 people. But in the American one, since it ran for 200 episodes, everybody, like, you know all those people. Like, Toby from HR, he is like, you know, he's going to show up another 60 times, (laughs) for instance. (laughs) Where, yeah, it really is a a much smaller cast for the British one. And and like I was saying, too, with the, uh, the Don and Tim stuff is a lot better as this weird, like, workplace romance thing over 12 episodes than... I'm pretty sure in the American one, if I remember right, it's like season three before Jim finally tells Pam that he likes her. And then it's the will they, won't they. And it's like, fucking, come on, man. Like, Let's move on with this. But that's just uh, the nature of 
making a million episodes. And the different layers, too, of, uh, like, comedy, like, what's the word, like, bravery or, like, willing to do, like, both shows are like that, but in the American office, it's like, okay, we're not going to have a laugh track, which at in 2005 was relatively uncommon, and, you know, we're going to make it low-key. It's not going to, there's going to be no music. It's just office noises. Like, that's pretty weird. Whereas in the British one, they're like, all right, we want this to be such an unbearably boring day that Tim quits his job. And then they did it. They made you sit through that whole fucking meeting, and it is the worst. It is just boring and pointless and the stupid little corporate exercises. And yeah, like, sure, David Brent is stepping on the guy's toes and constantly interrupting him. But thank God, too, because, like, everyone sucks in that situation. You know, the corporate side is boring. The terrible boss is terrible. It's just like, fuck, this sucks. Where, yeah, definitely, like you're saying with the American one, that you felt like you could work there. That's definitely the the vibe of the American one is, well, the way I've always heard it described is because America is such workaholics that your your work is your second family. Well, and you need the job because you need the money. So the American, not that it would be pleasant working there, but you'd put up with it. Because you just say, you know what, I need this job. And the guy is not, the boss there is not so in your face. But that British guy, he's in your face all the time. And it's all about him and how wonderful he is and how it doesn't matter what anybody else can do. He can do it too. He could do it better. Yeah. Everything. He can do it better. Oh, I couldn't stand that man. <laughs> I couldn't work for him. Yeah, like when he's yeah. talking about, I think the per- the perfect one from that episode to sum him up is when he's talking about the band he used to be in and how the band that opened for his band is now an actual real band. He's like, yeah, you know, they couldn't do what I do. They couldn't run a, a paper business. And I, no, I could probably do what they do. Like, you can, like that yeah, sums yeah. him up. All of a sudden, yeah, he could do what he could, but they couldn't do what he does. And and everybody's sitting there thinking, how on earth does he run this paper business? Like. <laughs> Which I guess, too, is kind of a statement on... Did you ever hear that saying that uh, with jobs where you work your way up, in a way, you could make the argument that you are promoted to the point that you're no longer good enough to be promoted, and then you're stuck forever at that position you're not, you're not actually that good at, <laughs> you know? Like, really, once you hit the top of where you're going to progress, you should probably go down a level, because instead everybody just gets stuck where they're not good. Or just also the uselessness of bosses maybe he is the worst and maybe he does suck and it doesn't even matter because he doesn't need to be there everyone could run the place without him whereas yeah i was gonna say too with the american one it's like uh you know the american vibe is like people do want to have fun at work and they do want work to be a fun environment it's just that michael scott is just bad at it he's just bad at making that environment where the british one that's not even a dream in anyone's periphery that work could be fun why would you ever even think that it's just like <laughs> work <laughs> which is yeah just a different culture and like i guess thing too i watched some of the other ones and like the the france one everyone is young and beautiful just weird it's just a weird france that thing british one it's real black humor though yeah real black humor whereas the Brit- the american one is not so much <laughs> it has some lightheartedness to it uh, a couple of little smirks come out of you but that British one, there's a few smirks, but there's also this dark side well, also, to I mean, everything that's going on there. I'm probably going to bleep this out, me even saying this, because it's so inappropriate nowadays. But the reason that episode I always remembered, because it's such a crazy joke where he's doing that exercise with the guy where it's like, okay, uh, 
You pretend to be a customer who's having a problem, and I'll demonstrate how to be a bad manager who just won't listen to you. And Gervais gets so upset that the guy's not listening to him. It's like, well, I got a problem. I don't care. Well, I think you'll care when I tell you there's been a up there. <laughs> something and then he shifts the and whole thing around so that he's the guy that's the manager yeah not only does he make up something he goes nuclear like you could not come up with a more heinous scenario in this what's supposed to be a, just a light exercise because he just can't stand the fact that he's not in control <laughs> it's just like jesus christ guy what the fuck it's like power corrupts, right? Like yeah, this guy is the boss, and as soon as someone else is in his orbit who's got authority that day, he's he's like always trying to speak along with him, like he already knows what the guy's gonna say, and just yeah, unbearable. What it's <laughs> <just> horrible. <laughs> and yeah, I don't know if they ever said specifically who that guy's based on, or if it's more of a composite. But I do remember in interviews later, him and Stephen Merchant talking about that show. It is just like you just. You meet bosses like that, and it's just like, what am I supposed to do? <laughs> like, I'm, I'm kind of uh, like a hostage. I just have to put up with this horrible boss every day or not have a job. <laughs> That's kind of what the shows, both of the shows are kind of about. Both of them are, are like that. Like I said in the American one, they just showed, they showed people just kind of looking, like the employees just looking at the boss. Now, I personally feel that people wouldn't just be looking at him because he's a real pain in the ass, that guy. They would be doing the eye roll. They might do a little look around quickly to see, is anybody watching me? But, oh, my sweet Jesus, do I have to listen to this guy again? And the eyes would go way up into their head. Where <laughs> but you? they didn't do that. See, they didn't push it. That American one didn't push that that far. But that British one would have. They would have had them. They would have had them just rolling their eyes all over the place. It's also yeah interesting how uh, how many layers there are in the British one. Like maybe it's because there's so few episodes. Like that season one, only six episodes, so they could really spend their time to make those six as layered as possible. But like the thing with David Brent, you know, revealing that he used to be in a band, and next thing you know, he's playing songs for everybody. That would be ridiculous. But you can see how the smarter people in the office, they're always playing with the situation because they understand what's going on. So they realize like, oh, we got him. Like we've got, we found one of these things about him that if we just feed his ego about his stupid band, we can just sit here and listen to this idiot play music all day and we don't even have to go back to work. And they're just like coming up with questions to ask him and I'll oh, play another song. Meanwhile, Gareth actually likes it. He's like, this is amazing. My boss that I already love is also a musical <laughs> genius, <laughs> which just makes him even more of an idiot. I find, though, I, I find it's very much like, like I find a lot of British drama. I've said this before, that they don't have to, like, put it right in front of your face. There's a lot of suggestion, a lot of innuendo. Many times you haven't got a clue, especially, okay, where Brit British mysteries are, are famous for it. You haven't got a freaking clue what's even going on right. until the very end. And then it all comes together. But you could never have figured it out because it was so suggestive all the way along. This comedy does the same thing. There, There's a lot going on in there. It's not just uh, the boss being very egocentric and wanting to be in control. There's so much more going on in there that's all at various, as you say, multi-level. Uh, the American one has a bit of layering, but not to the same depth. Yeah, like I was still impressed with the American one, like that it just that the episode just kind of stopped. It didn't wrap up. It didn't have any conclusion. It's like, oh, that's pretty it's almost revolutionary for a sitcom to not wrap up, to just kind of peter out. And it's like, oh, that's a little more real. 
But the British one, like all the little, like, yeah, the little moments between Tim and Don and stuff, like, it would be easy to miss that. Like, I could see somebody watching that and just being like, nothing happened. What was that? What did I just watch? I just watched a bunch of people do an HR meeting, <laughs> you know? Because <laughs> if you're not paying attention, yeah, it's like, it's just an office. It's just, <laughs> and it, yeah, it's way more of that vibe. You can kind of believe. I don't quite know that they ever properly explain in either why this is being filmed. Like, theoretically, they're just here to make a little documentary about a paper company for some reason. But it's more believable in the British one because it doesn't go on for nine years. <laughs> like, it's truly bizarre in the American one. Like, who is this film crew? Like, they're definitely there. People acknowledge that they're being filmed. But why? Maybe show number one, though. Introduced that, did it? I don't think so. But it kind of reminds me, I guess, of, uh, like, Trailer Park Boys, that... The Trailer Park Boys, like the the little movie they made before the show, they did explain it where uh, Julian went to a, a palm reader who said that he was going to die. So he hired a film crew to film him because if anything happened, he wanted it on camera. But then when they did the Trailer Park Boys show, they're like, why are we explaining this? Yeah. It's too much explanation. Well, maybe, who cares? Maybe the pilots for those shows did explain the office maybe maybe in the, just like in trailer park boys maybe it, the pilots did explain it yeah i don't remember i mean if they did it certainly no explanation could be good enough <laughs> like maybe it is better just to not explain but then you know what's weird about this too is at least here they very much do you know they're filming through the windows and uh every once in a while someone will take off their little sound thing and then you can't hear them anymore like they really do treat it like they're being filmed where that style then became uh, sort of recognized. So that show, uh, Modern Family, the one Ed O'Neill's in, the dude from Married with, Married oh, with yeah, Children, yeah. it has that same style where characters are always talking to the camera and it's filmed as though they're being filmed, but they never, but it's not being filmed. Like there is not a crew that they ever reference or they never acknowledge that they're being filmed they just shoot the show the same way the office is shot, but it's magical now. And it's just weird how shows build on each other. Because it's, it's so weird, too, now to go back to even really good shows like Seinfeld, and they're just slathered in laugh tracks. And it's like, why? Why is it like laugh tracks? That feels like it's from a million years ago, because nowadays comedies don't do that anymore. <laughs> and I don't know. It's, it's just interesting to see the evolution. But yeah, then like things evolve to the point that they don't make literal sense anymore. But then did they in the first place? Because like I said, sure, there's a film crew, but why? <laughs> maybe, maybe just don't explain it. Just, yeah. And it must be a writer's dream to have these characters just being able to talk directly to the camera, <laughs> just address the situation. It's one thing too with the, uh, the little thing we were doing of the TV shows of the two different, you know, watching the American one, watching the British one or whatever. I mean, I guess eventually we'll get back to that. I'm sure there's other ones that worked out, but I feel like that's probably the high watermark. Like, I can't even think of another American version of a British show that was remotely as successful as that. I mean, 200 episodes, nine seasons, you know? And and I do think, too, like, for any faults that the American one has, I do like that it's different. Because if you watch the first episode of each, they're the same. It's like the... Uh, stapler in the jello and you know it's just all the same stuff but steve carell's character is very distinctly different from ricky gervais's yeah. character so when they're saying the same jokes it just didn't didn't work didn't make sense 
but it's I got to give the uh, American guys credit that they they you know steered the ship somewhere else, and it's it's good enough. <laughs> Which is yeah, not since the worst. it's on, it, it's on regularly. I must pick watch a few more of those. Yeah, I find too one of the things too, because um, I mean I like the main guy Michael Scott. I think he's an all right character, but he's obviously not as good as Ricky Gervais. For me, what really worked for me is all the the other people in the office. There are some true weirdos in that office, and it is kind of neat that you get to know them all, and they all have their own little weird characters. There's this guy Creed. He's just this old man in the office, and he's hilarious every time <laughs> that he's on the show. And maybe it's just because they uh, they don't you know they don't show up as often. They just get little bits where every single episode is 50% Michael Scott saying you know fucking that's what she said jokes (laughs) of course (laughs) and yeah i mean i guess you said with the uh british one it was just like one of those free previews right so because i figure it's probably pretty rare on canadian tv for the british office to show up but obviously if that ever shows up again and again it's one of those things there's so few episodes i could i guess just grab them all it doesn't feel like that much effort to watch them all but uh after we watched faulty towers i downloaded all of those because it's a similar thing there's only like two seasons and I still didn't make it through because British shows are so... It's like eating rich food. It's just like so many episodes, episode after episode of Basil fucking sticking his foot in it mm-hmm. over and over. And it's just, yeah, it's similar to The Office where it's like it got uncomfortable yeah, to watch. Yeah, it's too much. Yeah. Now, maybe if while it was on television and you watched it like one episode a week and then you watched it again a week later, you got enough of a break between that you'd really enjoy it. Yeah. Because I remember watching Faulty Towers the first time when it came out, and I very much enjoyed it, but you only saw one week of it. Now, I have seen it in rerun where you see two or three back-to-back, and it's like, and I, I know what you're saying. It's like, oh, my God, if I have to watch that man one more time, I can't take it. Yeah, I think that's like a, a case of like, um, like the modern Internet era. Like the fact that, you know, I had to jump through a few little hoops to <laughs> download these shows, but it wasn't really that hard. Like... Faulty Towers especially, but probably also The Office, it's kind of like more special when they were just on TV and you watched them, and then you just carry those memories for years. You had a week years. to recuperate. <laughs> yeah. You had a week to recuperate before you saw the next one. And then, yeah, for years, you know, if someone would bring up one of these shows, you're like, oh, yeah, what a great show. But, you know, you only kind of vaguely remember it in the back of your mind. But, you know, that, that's kind of better, where now everything is so accessible. Even just the the fact that, like, Watching one little faulty tower is like, oh, what a nice treat. But then I went and it's like I gorged myself on on cake or something. I went and downloaded every single episode, and it's just like yeah, too much. It's too much. It's too yeah. intense. And and the office, the UK office, would be exactly the same thing. Like the the American one, you know, you can just put it on Netflix and let it play and just whatever, and it won't really affect your <laughs> psyche. <laughs> but the British one, yeah, it will. It's like it's effort <laughs> to watch that shit. And yeah, and I guess, I mean, anyone who's listening to this surely knows these shows, so it doesn't matter that I'm spoiling this or whatever. But yeah, and I love that um, in the American one, eventually Pam breaks up with her boyfriend from the fucking work, the, the, the warehouse, and then her and Jim get together and they have a whole happy romance, blah, 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 where yeah, that British one. That thing we saw there where Tim sort of asked Don out and got shot down, that was just the tip of the iceberg. There's this, like, scene... At the end of season two, when uh, it's like really well done, it's kind of dramatic, where he takes off his 
his little receiver so you can't hear him anymore because this is like a private conversation he doesn't want the cameras to pick up so they're just filming again through the window so you just see him and him and don have their big their big conversation and you don't know what they're saying you don't know if she says yes or no or, or what until he comes out after and says no she's staying with lee i don't i'm getting out of here <laughs> and it's like fuck fuck british tv goddamn knife in the heart yeah. but see they don't they don't they don't rub your face in it they, they leave you they leave you with a whole lot of suggestion yeah 